We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. WGR. Here is the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's our time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's our time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. I'm like, oh, it, it does work. Okay, good. I... <laughs> Think I didn't, you know, swear at this thing and say, "Ah, oh, damn it! This button's not working." I was trying to press the button. Listen, I don't know you guys. I don't know if you're, you know, know how buttons work. Usually, when you press the button that you want to use, it lights up to indicate, "Yes, you've been pressed." Um, so the mistake is to think that there's one button. There isn't. There's ten. There, there are ten buttons, right. just in general, and in radio stations, which is why I'm actually not allowed in your position anymore, because um, there's too many buttons, and a simpleton like me, too many buttons can can overwhelm a guy like right. me. It's not like Star Trek: The Next Generation, where it's just a f- blank sc- screen with the lights, and you just touch the screen like an iPad. That's not what it looks like. It looks more like the original series Star Trek, with all the little big glass buttons that you, big, you hear the big click. That's what our stuff looks like, and there's a lot of them. There's gotta, too many. Got to press the right one. I babe. like touch screens. Touch screens have helped with my ADHD. You know, I'm a tactile guy. I need to feel the click. Ah, see, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all about. I want. I just want consistency in my life. Give me switches. Give me doodads. Oh no! Gosh no! No. G- give get, me. I want a button that affirmatively lights up when you press it in and turns off when you punch it out. <clears throat> I have an announcement to make. Oh, hang on. Wait, I got a thing for that. Hang on, I gotta find okay, it. That's fine. Okay, thanks. Wait, thank you for your patience. Okay, here we go. I found it. So, uh, the little breaking news for the for the kids that uh, that are long. And I, I said eleven oh five. So, if you're tuning in a little after this, you might have to go on demand to to listen to my. Um, it's a pretty big, pretty big announcement. Uh, life move for me. Um, I decided. Uh, Corey, that uh, I'm going to do something so stunningly brave that my grandkids, their their grandkids, if there are, if we still have a Earth by the time my grandkids are having grandkids, which fifty <laughs> fifty, maybe. Uh, I you know, just a side note, I was watching um, the Office yesterday, and it was the episode where um, it's toward, right when Michael's about to leave with uh, what's her name? Come on, you you you've you've watched the series? I'm no, sure. I haven't. Okay. 
Well, anyways, um, he's about to. Michael's about to Michael, leave. Michael's about to leave the seer, the show, right? Uh, because him and his new wife, he proposes. But this episode starts with Dwight is eating all of his um, bunker rations. He has a, you know, a uh, uh, the MREs. Yes, and they're all about to expire. So he takes them out and he eats them and then right. replenishes sure. the, the, the the right. Correct. So. You know, he says, you know, in a couple, he's like, it could be a month uh, when when I'm actually going to need all this. And all of you guys are going to want to come down to my bunker. I'm not going to let you in. And Jim, you know, Jim and Dwight, they have this like little thing. And he's like, could it be two months? And, and Dwight's like, could be. He's like, three months, probably. Four months. It's not out of the question. Right. And he just keeps going. Five months. And then they like kind of pan to the show starting and then they go back. And Jim says... 2,341 days. Can't be, right? He said, I could see that happening. Like, it just kind of keeps going on and on. I have no reason for that story coming up other than to say, um, I have this big announcement to make. Okay. <sighs> That's a reset. That's, we call that a reset. Stunningly brave uh, were the words that uh, my my dad and and my and my girlfriend told me. Nate, uh, we believe in you. We we know what you're capable of doing, and we couldn't be more proud of you for doing something so brave and so stunning. Okay. Um, it is with regret, but you know, cautious optimism. Um, I purchased. A Sabres ticket for this afternoon. I will be going to the Sabres game today. Oh, boy. Um, now, listen. A 3 p.m. game. From what I understand, there are good seats still available. I feel like a pervert. <laughs> what, like you're going to be put on a watch list? Like, I am going... It, not only am I going to a Sabres game, it's the preseason. Like, let's, as, let's as, soon as, you, as soon as you hit the purchase button, the big FBI logo comes up on the desktop screen. It's at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm doing in the daylight. <laughs> it's, it's not a drug deal. What is my problem, Corey? I mean, look, it's because you've got a fever, and the only prescription... Is Don Granado. <laughs> more meatballs. That's, it's more meatball. Oh. There's two things you love. Shots on goal and saves. <laughs> and you're going to get it. I'm going to get those in bunches That's correct. today. In bunches. Absolutely. You might see upwards of 20 shots on goal for the Buffalo Sabres this game, and you're going to be thrilled by it. Just gonna love, you're just going to be... I don't know what I'm doing. I... So listen, I, I, I've my my neck has been bothering me very very badly the last couple of days. I've got some kind of pinch situation. Every couple of months, this happens to me. Um, so I have not golfed. Oh, the Sabers have a guy you can talk to about I, that. I, they do. Um, I have not been able to golf since I came back from my trip uh, in Boston. So it's been literally seven days since the last time I've I've picked up a golf club. How is I'm, that not the announcement? <laughs> that's 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 a good point. Um, so today, I was yesterday, today, and tomorrow because we have a 3 p.m. you know pregame. Mm -hmm. I was going to golf in the morning. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to now. So I decided today, my buddy and I that were going to golf. I said, "Listen, dude, I, I'm really sorry, can't do it. I'm not trying to ditch you or anything. I just, I'm not well. I, I if I swing a golf club, I could really hurt myself. Um, so I was like, let's let me make it up to you. <laughs> Gonna make it up let to you me, now. Let me take you to a Sabres preseason game, and 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 frankly, the fact that my friend didn't laugh me off, um, you know. But this friend of mine, um, he was my college roommate. We we we. He recently shared a, a Facebook post with me, which is funny, from like 2011 or something. Sure. When we, when we were in college. Sure. And it was essentially. Bro, can you believe this lineup? Robin Regeer? Dude, who's going to stop this Sabres team? Oh, oh boy. Well, let me actually I have it in my text messages. I should I should Look, get you I should really get this for you. Christian Erhoff wasn't all bad for the Sabres. Like he it wasn't Oh god. Okay, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Here it goes. Okay. I posted this September 21st, 2011. Give me a Villa. There's got to be a Villa Lano <laughs> reference in here. Vanek, Roy, Pominville, top line. Yep. Ennis, Lano, Stafford, second line. Mm -hmm. Adam, Boys, Gerby, third line. Ellis, Cashian, 
Felino, fourth line. Regeer Airhoff, top pairing. Here's the best one. Myers and Grignani. Let's go. It's, yeah. I don't even know the third pairing. I don't. Scheistel sure. and Person. Yeah. Yeah. That's that that team in 2011. They made the playoffs. Wait, wait, wait. Here's his here's his is response that, to this to this last, to this post. Is that the last playoff year? Yes, 11. This is his response. Quote. Dude, our regular season lineups are going to be so good. They listen. They did make the playoffs. <laughs> they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. You didn't. You guys didn't even get to Miller yet. They still had Miller. Oh God, I hate my life. Um, that was just that was too funny not to share with everybody on the radio. What are we going to do about the huge void in Sabres history that we are now? in right now and because whenever we come out of the void we're going to remember the players that are good and the sabers are good and make the playoffs and we'll have connections with them because the sabers were always so intimate craft beer right the sabers felt small like yeah that we like everybody knew the sabers everybody had connections to the sabers like for as much as you know the bills are important to the community the sabers felt much more intimate yeah way more intimate so that intimacy has been lost with how bad they've been for, for as long as they have been. Like I, like what? Like we knew all the like the obscure alumni for the yeah. Sabers, and they mattered, right? Like Fred, Fred Stanfield recently passed away, and like everybody knew Fred Stanfield. Like Morris Titanic was a guy who played in all the alumni games out at like Northtown Center or something like that, and people just knew him. I was like, oh yeah, cool, that's Morris Titanic, and just like a like a guy. Like, let's remember some Sabres guys. But everybody... Grant Ledger, baby. Ev- everybody could remember... Some, like, shout out yeah. to Yuri Himalev. Bless up. Everybody could remember some Sabres guys. And, like, n- like now when we do that here at the station or out on the streets, it's like, oh, my God. It's, it's like a reactivation of, like, PTSD about remembering the names of people. It's not a connection of like, oh yeah, cool. That was I remember going to the arena or going to the odd and watching that guy play, and I remember the Sabers, you know, being competitive. And it's a totally different interaction with the Sabers of these past ten years. And like going to the arena now is like in the deepest throes of that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the experience you are going to have today. I feel going to this game. I feel like I feel like I have a connection with. Um, what was that? What was that show or that movie that came out? Two thousand one, uh, a space odyssey. In the in the late nineties, no, in the late nineties, the Matrix, where it was like really ruggedly filmed, and it was about witches in the woods. Uh, you're talking about oh, the Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project. So I'm. I feel oddly connected to the directors of could the Blair Witch Project. Could get some found footage <laughs> yes. from the depths of the arena? So I am, I feel like I should document some of the, like, the, the tropes and, and some of the things that I'm going to see when I, when I get to the arena. They're just going to catch you standing in the corner of a urinal. Because, here's the thing, you have to be a real sicko to be going to this game. And I feel like, Listen. I feel like these are the sort of people that make their way out twice a year. They go to the fair for one day, and then the other time they go out is for a Sabres preseason game. And I'm going to meet that person today. And, like, I saw pictures the other day of what the arena looked like during the preseason game. Sure. And it was a ghost town. There were, like, they said there were 6,000 tickets dispersed. And I would say if there that's, were 700 people there. Look, that's certainly a word to use to talk about people attending your sporting event. Well, we've dispersed the tickets. Like, you've dispersed a... a a big cloud of mosquitoes yeah. from outside up standing Disperse! water. Disperse. So I could you like if you went to the game, could you do a sports update from the stands and just shout it at the mic from the crowd and I, we hear you? I so funny that you say this. I uh, recently was just doing a um, a guest bartending gig for uh, the American Cancer Society. I'm I'm doing real men wear pink and I'm raising money for cancer research. And um, they asked Sale who was also guest bartending at the time. Sale, could you announce the winner of this raffle? And Sale's trying to yell over everyone. It's a big room, big bar. And I said, Sale, give me the ticket. Right. Let me do this. And I said, excuse me. And the whole room stopped talking. See? No microphone. Use your teacher voice. No, no, no. I used my quarterback voice, which is very different. I could talk over a a small crowd of at least 1,000 people. Uh, that I know that my voice has those capabilities. Shouting random cities in Midwest I states. I believe there's a very good chance that I could do play-by-play 
from the 300 level and have everyone in that arena hear me. I mean, well, yeah, sure. Without a microphone. Absolutely. Live. Mm-hmm. Live play-by-play. So, I, I listen, I someone asked me, well, why really, though? Like, why are you going? And I said, I... To watch a hockey I game watch in theory. Hockey. I, want, I just want to watch hockey. Watch a hockey game um, in theory. And, you know, listen, I, I, I it's just funny, but... You know, I there, you're talking about this this connection thing, right? Like how Sabres fans for a very long time had this connection. And by the way, I don't think there's any, you know, I, I think there's a direct correlation. There's a straight line between the craft brewing, you know, the craft breweries mm-hmm. take off here in Buffalo and the Sabres demise. One went up right as the other went down. So I don't think there that's a coincidence at all. Really? Um, I believe craft beer has taken the place of Sabres hockey. However... What I will say, I sort of miss, I don't want to say caring, because I watched every game last year. Like Bulldog. Like, Bulldog and I joke about this when we're on the air together. That's, see, that's sicko. Yes, it is. And two years ago, I was in Iceland. No, I'm sorry. This, yeah, yeah, this would have been pre-pandemic. Right. So the Sabres were just starting their season. It was bad. It was mm-hmm. not a good start to the season, as sure. you might imagine, the lockout year. Why? Not lockout what happened? Year. I don't know. Um, we were in Iceland. Okay. At, on vacation in Iceland in November. And you were watching it on the stream? At 2 a.m. Yeah, baby. Let's go. It was good mm-hmm. times. How mm-hmm. else are you going to get down? Mm-hmm. There, I mean, Iceland, a land of natural beauty and wonder, um, northern lights, uh, fantastic scenery, fanta- all the splendors of nature around you. So, of Saber's course, hockey. you're going to get crunk yeah. watching them Saber's put up hockey. a 30% Corsi rating on a random November Saber's early hockey. morning. Yeah. Saber's hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that that's just, uh, that. I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain to people, set the stage for people of like, what's a guy like you Go into the this game for today, and you're you know you're you're struggling with some problems, so that's why that's you're right. going. Here's the thing too, and and I I was listening this week when they were talking about when they were talking with Paul Hamilton about you know I think the issues this team's going to have filling this arena in the regular season, and we're talking about you know not having the Southern Ontario folks, yeah, um, and season ticket holders being able to cross the border even during those Toronto games that we know, mm-hmm. even in the Sabres heydays, Penguins games, Montreal games, Toronto games, like all the re like. Those kinds of games that would just Vancouver and Calgary game, like any Canadian team, they're not going to be able to pull and draw the other team's fans. So it's going to be lowly. That's and, right. And I think the 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 crappy part is 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 going to be accessibility. And and what I mean by this is, I think they've lost a lot of season ticket holders. I'm not here to. Uh, speculate on the number of them. I just know that it's a lot of them. I mean, pro sports is... I mean, pro- professional sports, especially at the level of the Sabres or the Bills or anybody else on that tier, is just hard to invest in when the teams are bad because the cost is so prohibitive. And it's... Yeah. I mean, the Bills are only going to get higher if they build a new stadium that require PSLs and stuff like that. The cost is only going to double or mm-hmm. triple for people to go to these games. It's not like the Bisons. Like, if you go to the Bisons games and you get season tickets for the Bisons, you're not even thinking about how good the team is. That, no, that's you irrelevant. Care. You go because it's just a baseball game. It's a Friday game. night. It's a Friday night, or yep. it's an after weekend it's, afternoon game. I will say this about the it's great thing that the It's also not Bisons, terribly expensive. No, it's not. And you can take your family of four out yeah. and not drain your bank account doing Correct. it. Correct. And not literally be on Sunday wondering... Okay, well, that was fun, and my kids had a had a blast. We bought some hot dogs, and now sure. I have to do I have to take out a reverse mortgage on my. Even home. when you hear people talk about I have Sabre season tickets, like nobody goes forty one games. Like, have you ever heard someone say like, "Yeah, I got Sabre season tickets. I go every game, man." It's like no one can afford it. They say like, "I have, I got like we have season tickets. I got like ten tickets, you know, like something like that." They split them. They split even from the start. Yeah, yeah, I, it's. The game day experience thing has been sort of like this isn't like a new thing for any of us really. So I, I sort of I'm, I, I continue like I'm I'm pretty ex- I'm just excited to be at a hockey game, and I've got this just weird thing where I'm a little excited about these young guys. Listen, there is something to be said about youth in sports and professional sports, like Dylan Cousins and and thinking about some of these young guys. Youth in sports still has this innocence about it. Like they, I don't know, is is that the is that the right way of putting it? Like young players. And this goes beyond just the NHL. This goes 
in the NBA and the NFL as well, but like particularly in hockey. Because hockey, you especially in this area, it's such a youth game. There are a lot of young kids. This is a great youth hockey like town and area. And I think about one of the reasons I'm actually excited about this team a little bit. I'm bracing for them to be bad, but like weirdly feeling they could not be just unwatchable, right? Like like that's sort of how I feel about them is like I feel like oddly enough for as little name power and recognition they have on the roster that they may not be like completely unwatchable, which is, you know, like a weird conundrum to have, but part of my draw right now and and maybe this will wear off like this afternoon after the first period, I don't know. I but it's I don't know, Corey, I don't know how you feel about this, but I guess my draw towards this season feels oddly like the innocence of young guys not like being corrupted by the game. Right? Like, and maybe that sounds weird. Maybe that maybe I put that weird. I but like these are young players, almost every single one of them. They and don't they don't have to be polluted by the tank. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, this is their own, like, era of sorts or it's, something. I think that it's plausible to think that way, but I think that also requires the idea that, like, they're going to improve. Because if they never improve, this era just falls flat and then yeah. they go someplace else and then that's the end of that, right? So, but this is why I believe we were so anxious about moving on from certain players in the organization, like, so anxiously. Like, they just seemed... Like poisoned, right? Like, and I mean, the unfortunately, Ristolainen was the poster boy. Yes, but like, why we were all like, can you just get rid of this guy already? But like, you like he was asking to go year after year after year of like, you know, bad hockey and disappointment and lack of results. Like, you sort of saw a guy in Ristolainen like after his rookie year. Okay. Second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. And you just sort of like see his shoulders come to the ground. Right. Like, please get me out of here. And you see a very opposite new era of players. Like I'm thinking of Dylan Cousins in this. And you can probably call in and tell me that there's 15 other players you're thinking about as an example of what I'm talking about here. But there's a real sense of like like excitement around it. Like they're excited for an opportunity to prove people wrong. They're excited for an opportunity as an, in an elevated role that Casey Middlestat, that Dylan Cousins probably will never actually be. Like Casey Middlestat's not a top six player in the NHL, but he's going to have the opportunity to showcase that he could be and should be a top six player. They're still and very rarely in pro sports do you get opportunities for young guys to show that they can play in an elevated role without the pressure of actually doing good. Yeah, there's th- no pressure for them well, to do good. The thing is, is that they're still going to lose a bunch of games. Probably mm-hmm. they're, all oh, yeah. predi- they're predicted to at least. So what effect will that have over the long term? Will it take that the edge off that? Will they still? Will they feel? Like, how will they react to losing badly? Yeah, because the other guys who we had lose badly a lot didn't re. No, they weren't supposed to lose badly all the time, and they ended up losing badly all the time, and it destroyed them. So like, let's see what happens to these guys. Will these like when you're next? You blow the whistle, the guys go over the top like it's the battle yeah. of the Somme. Like, is, is it going to be the same? Like, are they going to come back with the two thousand yard stare or not? I don't know. Maybe this will be the one to do it. Is it 1918 or is it 1917? That's the real question. We're going to find out. We are going to find out very soon. And part of this discussion, right, and I was talking about availability of tickets before I got in this, you know, feel-good story about innocence and youth. Um, I feel like... Here I am giving you the (laughs) World War I poetry. This is what they come to expect from us on Sports Talk Saturday, Corey. Um, Absolute sickos. And as previously mentioned. Wait, I talked about, like, you know, they're defectors of season ticket holders. If there aren't a lot of season ticket holders and there's not a secondary market like there's been in previous years where you can buy a 100-level $9 ticket, that's going to hurt this even more because no one's going to go pay face value at the ticket at the box office for games. No. I mean, they weren't doing that for the last five years. What they were doing was banking on the fact that season ticket holders will literally take whatever it takes to recoup 15% of what they've spent on these tickets. So, hey, sure, I'll, I'll sell these for $6. Uh, I'll sell these for $14, five rows up from the ice. Sure, I'm not going, so someone else might as well go. Um, and that's a time where even if you're a bad hockey team, you will have people that are sports fans, that are hockey fans, going out of principle alone, this has turned into the Bisons. 
where you are not breaking. I don't mind a $6.50 hot dog so much when I'm spending $4 for these 300-level tickets. That's and right. my seven-year-old kid can come to a game and enjoy the experience. And sure, maybe the fans are a little jeery and maybe they're a little snarky, but we're going to go watch an NHL, one NHL team on the ice anyways. And I won't be as upset and be thinking about the fact that I'm buying a $6.50, you know, hot dog. So right. now it's just gotten to the point where the perfect storm of things have happened. They've lost season ticket holders. The game day experience has never really changed. This is the time, in my opinion, that if you're a franchise like the Sabres, you start looking at, okay, we recognize the thing that people are coming here for is not going to be that good. Hopefully it's a little more entertaining. Hopefully people really buy into this youth movement that we got going on. But now is the time to say, Let's knock it out of the park game day experience wise. Let's get let's do giveaways. Let's do buyback programs. Hey, you got an old jersey? We'll buy it back and give you a thirty dollar credit towards buying a new jersey of Dylan Cousins. I have a thought on this. Do you want to take? Let's take a. Do you want to take a call? We can take. A oh call yeah, here. yeah, let's take a call. Absolutely, let's take a phone call. So um, Jerry has something to bring up, but I have some thoughts on the Bill Vec nature of what you're talking about here because I watched something on YouTube about it. Hi, Jerry. J- Jerry, what you got? Hey. Hey, guys, you know, first of all, that Billy Leno team, I don't think made the playoffs, and I'll tell you why. The last game playoff game played in Buffalo was uh, Easter Sunday 2011, which was the Billy Leno game, which convinced us to sign Billy. Yeah, it was the previous year then, I think. Yes, right? that, that would have been the 2010-2011 season. Yep. Yes. Now, this needs a name. I mean, for the Bills, it was the drought. Mm. Is this a blight? Is this a tank hangover? What is it? It needs a name. It's gotten to the point where it needs a name. A friend of mine uh, has referred to it as the wormhole Mm. because we just keep, it seems like we keep traveling around in this cycle of time and space and never seem to get out of it. I almost, I like, uh, I like the blood clot. The blood clot. <laughs> well, we do have <laughs> cholesterol problems, generally speaking, as a city. The blood clot. Think about it. You know, even you could eat the healthiest diet. It might still come back. Get to what Gates, is, baby. What, what is wrong with um, trying to rebrand something that worked very well in the, um, I think it was the late 90s, the hardest working team in hockey? Mm. <sighs> you know, give out hard helmets. Like, you know, the, expect these young kids to work really hard. Yeah, right, Jerry, and this is kind of my point about why I, I'm I'm going today is th- that, like, the idea that these guys are miserable and they have nothing to play for, I don't get that sense at all. And I think it starts with the head coach. Listen, this team, for a lot of the bad decisions they've made over the past you know, decade, decade and a half, it sort of feels like they figured out the right coach for this team. Did they not? Like That's at least if we could say there's a really strong positive. I am really excited about the coach. Like I like uh, I, the I coach. Agree. I, I agree. I think uh, um, the last two coaches, again, again, I think are way too focused on uh, defensive responsibility and systems. And, you know, young teams do not respond well to systems because you're still learning and you learn from failure, not from not taking chances. Uh, And and, and I'm going to tell you something about tomorrow's football game. Why did, what made Edmonton, what was one of the reasons that Edmonton was so good that we can learn something from tomorrow? Their offense went out there and said, score five or six goals because Moog or Fuhrer are not letting a five or six in. Right. I, need this, I need this to be a track meet tomorrow. Stop trying to control the game. And, you know, does one of you play golf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I play very, very good golf. Do you want to play me for one hole or 18 holes on a bet? Uh, one hole. Yeah. You want to play me yeah. for one hole. You're not beating me for 18 holes. When you're the better team, you don't want to shorten the game. You want to lengthen the game. Mm. We did it for years with the Patriots um, once McDermott got here, trying to get, you know, like, oh, we got to control Brady. And we never beat them until recently. That's true. We did literally stop. never beat them, yeah. But I thought we were the better team. Like, stop trying to shorten games. The, 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 ten, the Texas playoff game, we get 16-point lead, and then we try to shorten the game. Stop trying to shorten games, lengthen games. I think we're the better team here. Lengthen the game. I like where your head's at, Jerry. Thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening and, 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 and interacting with us this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's 
it's gonna be a fun day today. I, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Looking forward to Sabres hockey, folks, right here on WGR. It, pre-game starts at two. At two o'clock. Two o'clock with pregame. Your favorites, Brian Koziel, Pat Malacaro. You got your Dane Dunleavy. You got your uh, Rob Ray on the broadcast. Sabres Radio Network, baby. We love to see it, hear it, see it. I'm going to bring a cowbell with me today, and I'm going to ring it so that way on the broadcast you can hear it. Like, is that a faint cowbell in the background? That... Now, I, there's Nate. We know where Nate is. Bring a trombone. Get, I mean, trombone. sad trombone. That's cool. <laughs> sure. Oh. Or a happy one. Depends. Well, there, I. Play some show tunes. Why not? A little Hello Dolly. It's, t- it's time to go to break. And Matt Perino of New York Upstate joins us next and, and gets us away from this conversation as soon as possible. Of WGR Sports Radio 550 again. Rewind up to 24 hours with Odyssey Rewind. Download the Odyssey app. Select WGR and go back in time. Driven by Northtown Automotive. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. I'm Nick Geary, Corey Griswold with you. Um, we're on to some little less depressing things like the Buffalo Bills who are in a Sunday night football matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Did you know that? Were you aware of this? Did you did, did you know about it? Have you heard that the Bills are playing the Chiefs on Sunday? If you haven't, I don't know what you would be doing short of living under a rock, which is cliche. But speaking of cliches, let's talk about this game because this game is probably going to be full to, filled with pregame cliche as in the lead up into it. So Matt Prino joins me now um, on the Wester Hotline to help me talk about this Bills and Chiefs matchup. Matt, you landed in Kansas City. What's the vibes, dude? What are the vibes? Um. A lot of Bills fans, but I'm I'm wondering, like, you know, I got a 6 a.m. flight out of Buffalo, so I, I think that the, the, the full cavalry is probably in route still. Um, so not too, too crazy yet, but uh, I would imagine there'll be plenty of Bills fans uh, out there tomorrow. I would I would guarantee that. In fact, uh, I saw something along the lines of uh, like twenty to thirty percent of the secondary ticket sales have been coming from uh, Western New York area codes. So um, on top of that, I mean, you you have Bills fans around the country as well. So that's not just people coming from Western New York. So that'll be um, I think an interesting atmosphere, regardless, Matt. But I'm wondering maybe just like overall when you're the lead up into this game, the week of this game. It feels like week one happened, and then it was, let's just get to Kansas City. And and do you get that vibe that although the team, and we're talking about cliches, Josh Allen, you know, Sean McDermott, the the most important game is the next game because it's the next game, right? And we, we kept hearing that. Do you buy that, or do you believe, too, that there was always sort of this eye on Kansas City like it has been in the fan base? Because the fan base is really all they've cared about for the last three or four weeks. I, I buy it from the perspective of what they always do inside the building there. Like, Sean McDermott's done that since he's been here. It's like ultra-focused on the opponent at hand. And in this league, I do buy into what he says when you start overlooking opponents or, like, not focusing on what you got to do that week. That's when you get beaten. So I, I believe that. But then we hear from Dawson Knox, uh, who's on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he's like, listen, we're kind of probably speaking out of both sides of our mouth. Yeah, uh, I, I'm focused on this game, and it's, it's just one game. But, listen, they beat us last year. There's, there's, there's stars. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was talking about it this week, that, you know, he'd he come in here and watch tape with all of his teammates, and they, they raised their hands in the meeting rooms, like, I could have done this better, I could have done this better. He bruises there still. He admitted it. And so, yeah, there's a little bit extra to this game. And also what it means, Nate, I mean, I was listening to Aaron Schatz. Uh, he was on show up in the Bulldog the other day, and I saw his tweet earlier in this week. It's like over 50% chance that the Bills get the one seed if they win this game. It drops all the way down to 20 if they lose it. I mean, a lot is on the line. If you want to go in the Super Bowl, this is, you know, we're no, we're no longer talking about playoff caliber. We're talking about championship caliber, right? That's, that's where they're at now. Well, the best route to getting a championship is getting home field advantage in the yeah. playoffs, and that's why this one's so big. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's right. And I, I'm glad you sort of mentioned Dawson Knox because that, that's a guy I think that's maybe hot right now in vogue, someone that is maybe most interesting to talk about. And, Matt, there's a pretty clear and obvious shift after the things on offense that just did not work in week one. They really haven't gone back to that. We've seen a lot less Gabriel Davis. We've seen more Emmanuel Sanders and, and more Dawson Knox. Just, has there been a sense to you that that shift – 
is maybe for the best of this offense moving forward in terms of sustainability, even if it means stunting the potential on-field development of Gabriel Davis, which I think is, you know, the sort of the reality. For every, you know, three or four positives that we've seen from this team, you can look back and think about an effect that might be negative. And and I look at the one thing that has shifted in this offense is essentially they don't use Gabriel Davis. Um, and I'm wondering if that is something you believe that you like could be worried about. I know that he's still kind of fighting through an ankle injury. Maybe he's just not 100%. And when he is, he'll have more impact on the game. They are rotating receivers out. Like you're not seeing Stephon Diggs or, or Cole Beasley play 100% of the snaps. Um but I, I guess I've been a little surprised to see as little of Gabriel Davis as I have. And I guess my to, to maybe double down on that surprise, Matt, to see them have the success they've had without really utilizing him at all, um, I'm just I'm sort of interested in your thoughts on on whether or not you believe that's stunting his development and if that's if short term gains on the offense are worth potentially stunting his development. No, like I don't think it's stunting Gabriel Davis's uh, development. And there's like a lot to unpack there. Like, I mean, going back to, you know, the, the off season, I thought that Gabriel Davis role was going to reduce a little bit with Emmanuel Sanders coming in. I've been on the significant upgrade Emmanuel Sanders over John Brown train, you know, since they signed him, since that whole thing kind of unfolded in March, Emmanuel Sanders, like, you know, when I talk to people around the league about him, like people that have covered him, even some people that played in the league, like, you can't overstate the importance of, of what he brings just from a, a mindset perspective, mm. the way he approaches the game, his experience. Like, they weren't going to bring Emmanuel Sanders, who basically said the other day, like two weeks ago, he's like, listen, I'm 34. This might be it, where I'm coming in here, I'm, do, I'm selling out to try to win, and I'm going to put up my, my peace sign at the end of the season, I'm going to go be on a beach somewhere. They're not going to bring him into the fold here and have him play fourth fiddle. I mean, this is a guy that has done things in this league, and he still is capable of those things. They're going to rely on that. Now, Dawson Knox, to me, that's an option that now Brian Dable has in his tool chest. He can go to the, to the Dawson Knox hammer in games and, and rely on him. I think he's, he's earned that trust through the first four games. Is he going to be featured every week? Probably not. But I think they had to go out here early in the season and figure out, all right, where are we at with Dawson Knox? What do we have in him? If we give him opportunities, he's going to take advantage. He's done that. So you got that now. But I still think Gabriel Davis is a whole other tool with a whole other host of things that he can do and bring to this offense that we haven't seen yet. And I'm not worried about it. And if anything, everything that they've done so far to me with what we saw last year and what we've seen earlier this year, especially with the run game and the effectiveness that both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have run with this year, I think there's so many options now for Brian Dable. It comes down to him kind of, you know, maneuvering the strings a little bit and playing the the, the right chords. Matt Prino here, New York Upstate Shout Podcast. Join me here on the Wester Hotline. Um, Breaking news, Nate. Breaking what? news. What? The Buffalo Bills have signed Taron Johnson to a three-year contract extension. And it is perfect timing. Wow. Because I'm writing a big feature on Taron Johnson that will drop tomorrow morning on Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. What he a f- earned it, man. He oh, has so good. he has absolutely earned it, uh, Matt. And, of course, we get breaking news right when we're on the radio here. And, and obviously, I don't believe we've seen – it just was reported. I bet we don't see numbers until maybe tomorrow or Monday. Um, but, heck, let's, let's talk a little bit about Taron Johnson because I don't think there's been anybody on this defense that has quite earned the extension that he has, right? We've talked about, you know, is this team going to extend uh, Tremaine Edmonds? That's still sort of sitting in limbo. But Taron Johnson getting to the podium before Tremaine Edmonds really isn't that surprising if we think about it, considering the position he plays and how important slot corners are in today's NFL with how passing offenses are. But B, his development over the last calendar year, Matt, has been one of the most notable ones. Like His development model is sort of what everyone's hoping to see from like Ed Oliver. Yeah, man. I mean, I've talked to Micah Hyde. Jordan Poyer, Jim Salgado, Leslie Frazier about Taron Johnson the last couple weeks. And, dude, everybody that talks to the, about this guy, they just light up. I mean, he doesn't say a lot. Like, he's not a guy that comes in and is real showy. I mean, he's had big moments, right? I mean, we're, we're 10 months removed from one of the biggest plays in the history of the Buffalo Bills franchise. Yeah. And he's just like a humble guy that comes to work. He's gotten really good at what I would argue is probably – among the top three hardest positions to play in football. 
I mean, slot cornerback, the speed that you're dealing with, the change of direction. He's like, I, one of the things he was telling me when I was asking him about what, what, what do people like not know about playing the slot that, you know, maybe you deal with every day and makes it so tough. He's like, listen, if I get an outside receiver that comes in and plays in the slot, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe, maybe I got more of a chance here because, you know, you see Tyreek Hill, you see Cole Beasley, you see the kind of guys he's got to go up against. He has a tough job. And to be one of the best at what he does at that tough job is such a ace in the hole for the Bills. And for them to reward him after the start early on this season, I think it says a lot about where he's at. And, yeah, maybe it does put a little pressure on guys like Ed Oliver. And, you know, I think Tremaine Edmonds played a, has played a lot better than people give him credit for. But, you know, big news on a, on a Saturday before a big game. Big news, I would say that for sure. Uh, Matt Perino here on the Wester Hotline. I um, I would be remiss if I just – I guess it would be dumb of me to get you on here on this show, Matt, and not ask you about the matchup at quarterback tomorrow. And I don't think – it's totally fair to love Josh Allen but admit that in his two previous games against the Kansas City Chiefs when it's required of him to be almost flawless, to be perfect – that he hasn't really shown up in that way. And, and how important is it to you? Let, let me, I guess let me phrase the question this way. If Josh Allen against the Seahawks, if Josh Allen against the San Francisco 49ers, if Josh Allen, you know, I don't know, name, name another game that you thought he just absolutely went off and went bananas last year. If that's the Josh Allen that shows up on Sunday, or A, if that's the Josh Allen that shows up in any given day, can the Bills be beat? Like, and that's the, like, I know it's kind of a broad question, but like, I get the sense that there's a lot of people that believe if that's the quarterback that shows up, the ceiling Josh, the guy that plays at that level, I just, I don't, they might be the best team in the league when he plays that way. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you get Josh, if you get Seattle Seahawks, Josh Allen, uh, I don't see any team beat them. Now, listen, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow night, you get, you get Seattle Seahawks, Josh, and you get Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes, and we get treated to what I'm already predicting to be a game that ends with both of these teams, weather permitting, scoring in, in the 40s. But listen, Josh Allen, there's so many different ways that he can beat you. And I think that that's like, you know, they put a lot on his plate. We've covered that quite a bit. The, 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 the offense, the scheme, it's very complex. He's asked to do a lot of the line of scrimmage. I think what we saw last year against Kansas City was just a result of a, a little bit too much on his plate for that moment with the fans back in the building. Now, I'm interested to see how he, what he learned from that and how he can apply what he learned to this game now. And I just think that with the way the Chiefs are playing, as bad as they've been against the run, with a, a group of cornerbacks outside of Sneed who don't impress me, I don't think Tyron Matthew is necessarily in, in peak condition yet mm-hmm. either, and Chris Jones who might not play, I, I think this is setting up for a, a really nice day for Josh Allen. I do too. I just everything that I've I've watched of this Chiefs defense, they look like a shell of the team that they looked like last year defensively. I was listening to someone, maybe it was Jay Binkley, who I'll have on uh, up at up at noon here. He covers um, uh, the the Chiefs in Kansas City, and essentially the, the the talk around this was it has a lot of 2019 Kansas City vibes, where they lost in the AFC Championship game to Tom Brady and the Patriots, and you know you you sort of look back uh, or the 2018 team. I think it's 2018, 2019. Anyways, um, regardless, I, I'm thinking of this more and more that like. Patrick Mahomes can be the MVP and they still don't make the Super Bowl. Like that's like that's how bad their defense has been. Right. And like I I'll play devil's advocate in the sense that like, you know, I think you're gonna have Matt Verderam on it. We yep. had him on the show last night, and I think he made a great point. He'll probably talk more about it. But like, you know, Steve Spagnola, you know, he's notorious for changing things around and, and kind of messing with things and, and you know, you might go into a game expecting one thing, and Brian Dable even talked about that, and he throws a completely different thing at you. They've been playing a lot of zone. They haven't been as press-heavy early on in the season. How much do the Bills put in what they did against them in the AFC title game versus what they've done throughout the first four games? It's that balancing act. Are you ready for what they throw at you? And so, yeah, do I think that they've played pretty poorly, and if I'm the Bills' offense, I'd like my chances to have some success here? Sure, but you still got to hold up up front. If Chris Jones plays... John Feliciano, Darrell Williams, they can't lose those matchups like they did last year. Because, you know, as good as Josh Allen was against Washington, and, you know, I thought that that was the perfect example of how good he can be when he's at his best, making plays even in the face 
of pretty consistent pressure. If, the, if, if he's got to deal with that against Kansas City, Chris Jones is a completely different animal. He proved yeah. it already. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sitting here ready to say that this Kansas City defense is the version that we've seen over the course of a small sample size of four games. Perino, thanks so much, my friend. Enjoy your uh, your afternoon and uh, and evening in Kansas City. We'll look forward to uh, your uh, your Taron Johnson article that uh, that'll apparently be be dropping soon. So we appreciate you, buddy. Perfect, perfect timing. Thanks for having me, buddy. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Matt Perino, there of New York Upstate on the West Her Hotline. I'm going to take a quick time out on the other uh, on the other side. Sal Capaccio is going to join us uh, because he just broke some news about uh, this Taron Johnson signing. So Sal will join us after a quick time out here on WGR. Back to throw, guns it into the end zone, intercepted! Two yards deep in the end zone, intercepted by Taron Johnson. And he brings it out, and he's still on the run. He may go all the way. He's at the ball, the more 40, the 30, gets a block at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Taron Johnson goes 102 yards with an end zone interception. Touchdown, Buffalo! It's one of my favorite Murph calls ever, and uh, joining me on the West Her Hotline now to... Talk a little bit about the recent signing that just broke on Twitter moments ago. The Bills re-signing Taron Johnson to a three-year extension in Sale Capaccio on the Western Hotline now. Sale, um, I guess it's not really surprising news, but, you know, week four is over. We're, we're on to week five. I guess maybe this wasn't a move people were expecting kind of had to happen right now, no? No, I, I think um, it was something that people figured the Bills would want to do, but probably take care of in the offseason, but... You know, especially considering Brandon Bean kind of made it known that in Josh Allen's situation, they didn't want to do anything during the season, right? That would either be before the season or table it. This isn't a Josh Allen situation. It's not that kind of money. It's not a quarterback distraction. But, uh, you know, to do this during the season is, is, is really nice. And this, this just kind of underscores the relationship I think Brandon Bean has with, you know, agents of these players, the yeah. players themselves, uh, to be able to get something like this done now so they don't have to worry about it when they get to January, February and worry about becoming a free agent. We likely won't have the final numbers on this contract sale until tomorrow or even Monday, but I I think we could all assume that whatever this deal is, Taron Johnson is not going to exercise his right to go to free agency. The Bills don't have to worry about franchise tagging him or transition tagging him, nothing like that. I would bet that they got this on a pretty team-friendly deal. I'm not going to ask you to sit here and speculate, but I think after just just a track record of Brandon Bean locking up players like Matt Milano for you know under market value, it's probably safe to assume that this is probably going to be a contract that looks pretty good for the Bills. Yeah, I mean, probably, right? We don't know the numbers, but here, I think more importantly is, like, think about how this team has gone about it. What Brandon Bean and Kevin Meegank and Jim Overdorf have done here is when Josh Allen signed his contract extension, let's remember, they took away numbers from next year's salary cap, right? Like, it was actually reduced from what his fifth-year option would have been. Josh's fifth-year option was scheduled to count, what, 20-something million, and that, and that was reduced by, like, six, seven million. And at the time, okay, why are you doing that? Well, it makes sense now. Yeah. This allowed them to front load a little money here for Taron Johnson. I don't know, but it just makes sense. You know what I mean? It's all a puzzle, and it seems like, obviously, Brandon Bean is very in tune with, and like you said, Kevin Meegank and Jim Oberdorf, they're all very good at what they do, and they're very in tune with how to put this puzzle together financially for this team to keep intact. You know, when you think about it, Nate, this defense has been together a while, and they're going to be together a while. Like, every single guy is locked up. The only two players, I think, of, of consequence at this point, I would say, that are scheduled to become free agents now at the end of the year are Jerry Hughes. And look, at his age, I don't know if we should really anticipate him resigning. Who knows? And Saran Neal, who's a backup. That's it. Every other starter is locked up multi-years after this year. How unlikely would you have believed this extension would be if I were to ask you if Taron Johnson should be extended week four of last year? where Tar- I think it was week four, right? Or was it week three? Where Taron essentially gets benched for Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis injures his wrist and Taron Johnson gets put back in the starting lineup and that's that sale. Like the, it's sort of the rest is history. He has played almost a full calendar year of the best football of his career and he's being rewarded for it. But I just, I'm wondering like how unlikely you would have thought this was a full year ago. Probably would have put it less than 50-50 a year ago, but still thought that, you know, hey, there's time here. Let's see where he develops. I think the biggest thing with Terrence Ben is availability. Right? If, if we would have known and see a crystal ball that Terrence would then be able to stay available and healthy as he has, knock on wood, you know, I, I think that, that is the biggest issue with him and what the team has seen. Um, you know, he's really, like you said, that, that was a turning point for him. I think, you know, really for him to mentally dial in and understand, you know, what it took to stay on the field to keep his starting job after 
he lost it for that one week, and you know Cam Lewis took it, but then he was out of the game. He got hurt. He comes back in, as you mentioned. I, I would have put it less than 50-50 a year ago, but I think the team has always anticipated, hey, you know, what's their philosophy? We can say a lot about how coaches speak or GMs speak. The one thing you can never say about Brandon Bean is that he lies. He doesn't lie. Yeah. That is true, which is we, we want to draft, develop, and retain. Think of all the guys they've done that with now, right? Which I know that the first draft he wasn't here for, but Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins. Now you have Josh yeah. Allen, of course. Tremaine Edmonds, fifth-year option on him. Taron Johnson. They're drafting, developing, and retaining players. Sale, last thing for you. In that matchup last year, the first matchup, not the AFC Championship game, we know Taron Johnson played in that game, but going back to that matchup in week five of last year, do you suspect that we see – because we don't know what the situation is with Matt Milano. And even if he does play, Sal, he's not going to be 100%. There's just no way based on the, the injury and what we know about hamstrings. And I heard you this week talking about how we know this team has historically handled hamstrings, which was to play it safe. And, and if that means missing an extra week in order to get back 100% healthy so you don't relapse that hamstring injury, the Bills have been sort of historically known to do that. How important is Taron Johnson in this matchup this week, particularly if Matt Milano can't go? Oh, I mean, he's important every week, right? Especially because of this. Obviously, no doubt about it. But, you know, Taron Johnson is going to have to uh, be able to play a vital role in helping to, you know, the middle of the field, basically, there. Uh, where Matt Milano is going to have to play if he's playing or not. Um, you know, look, I don't know if Matt Milano is going to play tomorrow. We'll find out if he's inactive 90 minutes before the game. Tomorrow's a really, really important game. You know what's more important? The rest of the season. Yep. They're not going to sacrifice putting Matt Milano out there, there's any indication that he could really re-injure himself. If he plays, that's because the team is very confident that that's not the case. But obviously, Karen Johnson is very big. Um, everybody, Jordan Poyer being healthy, you know, they're, they're going to have to have all hands on deck. That hopefully includes Matt Milano, but if not, you know, obviously, um, you know, everybody else is going to have to step up their game as well. This is a, a really good signing. I was just thinking about how this team is really, I can't, Brandon Bean has just done it right, really has. I I, mean, I marvel at the fact of how he's put this team together and how he continues to keep this team together. All of their young studs are basically 27 and younger. I mean, and they're and they're locked up. I, I just think this is this run is not going to not going to end anytime soon. I mean, this is this is a team that's going to contend for championships for a while. Sal, thanks for being on call, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for pregame. Have a good weekend. Awesome, Sal Capaccio there on the Western Hotline. Timeout. Jay Binkley coming up next here on WGR. Factory Fresh RVs in stock, ready to hit the road. See America for less with thousands of RVs available for... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.